I bumped record, so we are recording. Woo! Welcome back! Are we gonna do our longer intro thing? What longer intro thing? Just going over stuff. Huh? I don't know what you're talking about. I'll lead it and thank you, you thank jump you. In. Welcome back to Vicious Felonies, a Law & Order SVU podcast. I'm Jordan. I'm Chrissy. And we're going to give you a longer intro just in case you're just jumping in on this episode, but we go over Law & Order SVU episodes in order and try to be funny, keyword try, and we make jokes. So we're not perfectionists by any means. We are not super knowledgeable on everything, but we try to not offend anyone. So, you know, just know that we're kidding. And, you know, we do take the serious nature of the show into consideration, but we also make jokes and try to, you know, talk about the funny side of that. I have a film background and have a master's in film, so I approach it more from that side of things. And I'm newer to the show. I haven't been a fan for years, but I've seen most of 1.0 at this point and a good chunk of 2.0. Yeah, uh, and I am a person... <laughs> Uh, I don't have any background in film whatsoever. I'm just a long-time SVU fan. I've been watching it since I was probably, I don't know, 12 or so. Big fan of USA Marathons. My dream is to be able to pick each and every episode for a USA Marathon and come up with a theme. So, yeah. What's your background in? Being a human woman. Okay. (laughs) I guess that's fine. I mean, my background really isn't relevant to the podcast at all. All right. Do I, should I say that? If you don't I, think I it's relevant. I wasn't prepared for this. I forgot. Okay. Today we're going over Season 3, Episode 5, Tangled. We normally come out on Fridays, but today we did Tuesday because last week we needed some time to just soak that episode in. Uh, We're talking about the OC episode. Yep, had to soak it in. Had to soak in the I love you. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed that it was spoiled, honestly. Like, in a way, it was cool because it built the hype train, but on the other hand, it's like... That would have been pretty cool to just see without knowing it was coming. Do you know what I mean, though? Yes and no. I mean, sometimes we don't tune in. So, like, if we would have not tuned in and then that happened, I would have been super annoyed. That's true. I mean, with how few episodes OC has, though, I feel like we're going to just watch the whole season. Yeah, probably. So. Had you seen uh, this episode Tangled before? Yeah, I definitely remembered that Liza Whale or Whale, I don't know how you pronounce it. Wile. Wile. I remember that she, like, had something to do with it, so I definitely had seen it before. I feel like we watched it together. Yeah, we did. Oh, I don't want to say recently, because it wasn't recent, but at some point we watched it together. Pretty much every episode I've seen we've watched together. Yeah, yeah. I also saw this, but I had forgotten about it. Like, I really didn't remember the beginning at all. Like, I remember an episode similar to that, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it was this episode. Yeah, there's a lot of episodes that start with, like, some rich man tied up and whatever. Yeah, like so I was the, like... Uh, banana in the butthole one. Best episode. Yeah. But this episode was written by my girls, Lisa <laughs> and Dawn. Uh, it's been a while for them, so I was pumped to find that out. I didn't know until right before recording that it was them. Yeah. But I'm talking about Dawn DeNoon and Lisa Marie Peterson. Woo! And then it was directed by Jean de Sagonsnack. I was going to say, I feel like this was a good combination of heavy hitters. Yeah. And he's the pilot director and he still directs. He actually just did the most recent episode that was on. Yeah. So. Which is crazy that he's still coming back to the show after this many years. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get paid indefinitely for it until it's canceled. Because he did the pilot? Yep. That's pretty amazing. What a sweet deal. Mm Mm-hmm. Lesson learned, direct a pilot and then hope it runs for 25 years. (laughs) Yeah, definitely the way to go. Yeah. 
Uh, and then guest stars, Liza Weil. Uh, she's from Gilmore Girls, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and How to Get Away with Murder, to name a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like her, and she's a good actress and was good in this. I will say I did write Paris in all of my notes. Oh, same. <laughs> okay. Same, same. <laughs> like, That's her character in Gilmore Girls. I don't even know what her family. actual character's name is because I just wrote Paris the whole time. Oh, yeah. I don't, so, I don't either. Whoops. So I'm going to do my own quick summary. A doctor is tied up and dead and his wife is on the table also tied up and it seemed like the rapist slash murderer took frequent snack breaks <laughs> <laughs> and when they get on the scene it seems there's a tabby involved oh a tabby you say baby princess perhaps no not our tabby she didn't murder anyone not she this did time just bite you <laughs> can uh, i hop in yeah so right off the bat, a bunch of uh, drunk, middle-aged adults sneak in and they're like, hello, oh, maybe there's a burglar, we should be quiet. I hate whenever they open stuff like this. Like, when they're like, oh, maybe something bad's happened. Like, yes, this is SVU, something bad's going to happen. <laughs> uh, I just think, yeah, it was kind of funny. Like, they had presents, they're all laughing, yeah. like, they hear a crash, and then, like, I think they call out their names, Peyton and Max. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we need a weapon, and, like, joke around with their, like, wine bottles or whatever. I just hate when they do this. There's, I can think of an... I think the episode that I was thinking of that starts out similar, mm-hmm. they also, it's like a party. Yeah. And it's, like, playful like this. Yeah, there's, an, I can think of multiple episodes. That are either playful like this, or there's, like, a kid in the kids' room, and they go in, and, like, there's, like, adults that were at a party, or, like, a couple that was out, and they, like, go to visit their kid after the babysitter had them or something, and then the kid's gone or dead or something. Lesson learned, don't joke about there being a burglar, because there probably will be. (laughs) So the husband's dead. Some dude broke in, tied him up, raped the wife. She's on the table tied up. And ate his birthday cake. He broke, he did all this, cracked open the fridge, and then just... Dove head first into this man's birthday cake, which I just find to be extremely heinous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I did write, uh, like, right after this, Benson and Stabler go over the scene, and then there's the credits. Yeah. And while the credits were going, Christy's just going on and on about <laughs> this birthday cake. And I was like, I need to write this down and bring it up. It was just like, really? You're going to just dive into the- He didn't even cut a slice. Like, yeah. He made a sandwich and cut himself tomato slices, but he couldn't be bothered to cut a slice of cake. Like, he just fucking dove in. That's typically how they always eat it in movies and TV. Like, yeah. someone's always just taking a handful of cake. Right. Who does that? Even if you're a burglar, like, you're going to cut a slice, right? <laughs> Burglars, we're asking you. <laughs> if you're a burglar, uh, email us at viciousvelonespodcast. I really want to know, would you cut a slice or would you just dive in with your hands? Maybe he was about to cut the slice and that's when they came in. So he just grabbed a handful <laughs> and left. <laughs> he couldn't leave the cake. He had to go, oh, shit, I've got to go. Well, he didn't want to not have his cake. Right. He needed to have the cake. So they talk to Melinda and they find out he had a semi-automatic weapon. Like, why didn't he just shoot the guy? Why would he beat him to death if he had a gun? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We find out Max, the guy had previously had had heart surgery and Benson's like, wow, that's crazy. Like he had heart surgery and like lived only to get murdered like a month later, which is pretty crazy. This episode, I will say... It has a lot of highs in it. Like, there's a lot of good, silly lines. Yeah, there are. Pussy, pussy, pussy. (laughs) Yeah. There's just a lot of, like, small, like, moments that were really good. But then, like, 
I don't know, him having heart surgery and being completely different. Like, yeah. does that happen? I've never heard of that happening. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There were some, some strong moments. Overall, I think it was pretty good. But then some of it was just, like, a little too convoluted. And it was it was very, like, cluey. Like, was it the wife? Did Max set this up himself? Was it the assistant? Like, it was, like, they all could have possibly had a motive for it. Yeah. So it was very confusing in that way. Stepson. Yeah. Yeah, it was very weird. So the wife says that the guy who did it had a ski mask on the whole time, didn't say a single word, and beat the husband to death, like, while she was tied up. And that they had had a bunch of money and her grandmother's jewelry in in a safe that the guy took. Yeah. She also said that he made her tie Max up, Mm -hmm. and she did it, like, very loose, but then once she was tied up... He did again. Yeah, he redid it. Yeah. Did you write anything about... Munch and Finn talking to that doorman. Like, that doorman was weird, right? Yeah, yeah. I said, Irish doorman says a guy said the doc was a mad scientist. He had, like, a very, like, light Irish accent. Okay, maybe that's what it was. But I was just like, what is happening here? Like, Yeah, it was, that was, like, classic SVU, like, talking to a witness that knows way too much than anybody in real life actually would. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way a doorman would know that this guy worked on, like, penile dysfunction. There's no fucking way. Maybe he had penile dysfunction. And, like, originally Perhaps. in their first draft, it was the doorman that did it. Yeah. And then they're like, nah, nah, we can't do that. Yeah. And they changed it. So that's why he knew. Maybe that's why. I don't know. So, <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. So, yeah, we we learned about Max working as a doctor on clinical trials to, like, fix men who were impotent. And that was another whole side plot that ended up not really even mattering. Yeah. Like, the whole discussion of impotence and penises and all that was a moot point. None of it mattered. Maybe they were like, all right, I know we already had rape in this episode, but this is special victims. We got to talk about some dicks. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's just hammer it in. Not the penises, but right. the lines about penises. They, they just brought it up so many times. And, like, Olivia being like, so erections. <laughs> like, thanks for spelling it out. We got yeah, it. Yeah, that scene was very weird. Like, sometimes when they do that stuff, I'm just like, people don't talk like this. No. Like, what, what do you mean? It was just very strange. Like, I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. Like... Come yeah, on. we don't need it spelled out to that degree. So B.D. Wong then gives a profile. Basically, he talks about the periodic snack breaks, which is very odd. He seems to think that the guy who did this is a sexual sadist. And it seems like this guy that was a former patient of the doctor fits that profile. Yeah, I also thought the line about how he probably didn't talk for like sensory deprivation yeah. and like making it harder. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. Just because, I don't know, something they just don't address a lot. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I really liked that detail. That was cool. BD throws a lot out at once, so it's hard to like take notes on everything he says. Yeah, but, I usually don't. Yeah, he he just says a lot of interesting stuff. And if you like can pay attention enough to what he's saying like i don't know it's just very interesting yeah it is it's also kind of funny because ultimately it doesn't seem like that was really even the case i guess i don't really know if it was the case or not because obviously obviously what are you over there looking at selfies for it's a funny comment what was the comment <laughs> okay that is pretty funny thank you i'm good you're in the middle of a text message nope i am not <laughs> So BD sets all this stuff up, like, oh, this guy's a sexual sadist, blah, blah, blah. He, like, wasn't speaking to deprive them of all this stuff. And then, obviously, at the end, we find out, like, the whole thing was a setup to, like, get money and kill the wife. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, and the book says this, too, but, like, the ending kind of, like, takes away a lot of the drama. Yeah, like, it They does. just reveal it all right. too quick. And, yeah. like, 
I don't know. I feel like I would like a little bit more explanation of certain things. Yeah. I don't know. I'd say that's one thing that like when I get to the end of the episode and I don't like fully understand all the motive and like right. pieces, I'm just like, wait, so why did this thing happen? Yeah, I didn't. Like sometimes it just doesn't connect. I think they went one step too far with the twists on this one. Yeah, maybe. In my opinion. Like it was like, we'll, we'll get to it later. But I just feel like they took it one one degree too far in terms of the twist by, by making it so that Max set it all up himself. I mean, I guess we really also don't even necessarily know if that's true because we're hearing that from Harris and uh, yeah. she's pretty unreliable, clearly. So mm-hmm. yeah, but... I was surprised because like she just says that and like she's lied about everything else. And they're just like, yep, that's OK. Yeah. Case closed. Right. Like what? She's told so many lies at this point like how what are you basing this off of other than her telling you this okay so i wanted to talk a little bit more about uh martin the guy that was in the clinical trial that like okay, yeah me too said that uh dr kleberg max ruined his life it he's seems a window like washer now. he's a window window washer and it seemed like they were alluding to the fact that he was a totally normal guy who like had impotence took this cream and then became a rapist like what? Yeah, again, that's one of those things where they, like, pick up but don't go anywhere no, with. No, they didn't. They just left it there. So, like, yeah, on one hand, you're like, okay, so did this cream have really adverse side effects? How could a cream do anything? Like, <laughs> it's a cream. I don't know, but, I mean, they have had other episodes where, like, a pill or something. I mean, a pill, a pill is it, obviously different, but yeah. I'm just saying, like... I still don't think anything could, like, alter your... I mean, what about the guy that has, like, Swiss cheese brain and is, like, a Yeah, but that's your murderer? brain. I know. It's just, like... This is just a cream applied directly to your penis. Like, your penis doesn't turn into a sword. Like, what the fuck? Do you have any more thoughts on the uh, penis cream? <laughs> um, not really the cream, but just <laughs> Martin was told not to sue the doctor because he yeah. was broke. And then they kind of... That was interesting. I wasn't really sure how they went from him being broke to all of a sudden getting to the stepson. Like, it just seemed like a weird jump. What do you mean? Like, they talk about how the doctor's broke. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they're like accusing the stepson because he... Basically because they were like looking into his finances because... And I thought that part was very interesting, like talking about the medicine stuff. So like he had a heart attack, meaning he couldn't get medical malpractice insurance because no insurance company is going to cover a doctor that has a heart problem that like could have a heart attack and like mess up something medical on somebody else. So he couldn't get malpractice insurance. And if he doesn't get malpractice insurance, then if he does mess something up, well, then somebody could sue him and take all of his stuff. So he moved all of his stuff to his wife's name so that if somebody sues him, they're not getting his stuff. Okay, wow. I did not get any of that. Okay. That's what they were saying. Once they start talking about money, my brain just <laughs> is off. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Isn't that interesting, though? Yeah. Like, so he basically was like, go ahead and sue me. I don't fucking have anything. But in reality, his wife just has all the stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So they were looking into that, and then they noticed that they he, he cut off his son. Gotcha. Or his, yeah, it was his son. So yeah. it would have been. So that's why they like accused him because they were like, "Oh, he's been cut off. What's up with that?" And the other then, thing. Go ahead. Sorry. When they talked to Mrs. Cleaver, uh, Peyton. I think her name is Kleberg. Okay, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> when they talked to Peyton, I'll just uh -huh. refer to her as Peyton. That's fine. But I thought it was interesting. They say, what can you tell us about our, your stepson? And she says, I haven't seen him in years. And yeah. then Mike is like, well, he did try to rob us like a week ago. <laughs> right, right. Oh, okay. Why are people like this? They're like, there's no way you're that forgetful. There's just no way. The way they set up the stepson, like they really make it seem like it's him. Like I thought it was him. Which is funny because the only thing they really have on him was the fact that he was needed money 
and was average height and built. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It was funny. Like they, they're like, you said the attacker was average height and build. What would you say Jesse is? <laughs> like, it was like, okay, so there were millions of other people. Peyton did argue that it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. I thought the scene where they were going through his room and the roommates there and like yeah. Munch talking about how lawyers suck and stuff was pretty humorous. I thought it was funny, and I also never thought about the fact that, like Munch says, civil liberties are good, lawyers are bad. You can't have civil li- civil liberties without lawyers. Like, the ACLU is literally just lawyers. So, I don't really get Munch. Like, I f- honestly, like, <laughs> why, did, why did Munch even become a cop? He hates, like, Big Brother and, like, a police state and all that. Like, why did you even become a cop? It doesn't make sense. You seem like somebody who would, like, I, I don't know. It just really does not make sense. So ultimately, Jesse's roommate does squeal on him and reveals that he's a gambling problem and you could probably find him at the racetrack. You know I loved the line about Elliot gambling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one of those good lines. Mm-hmm. Like, Lisa and Don know what they're doing. Who who asked him that? Was it Cragen or somebody else? I think it's BD. Says, you gamble, Elliot. And he says, only with birth control. It's also good because... Like, Chris Maloney is just good at, like, timing and, like, yeah. being funny. Like, mm-hmm. he definitely has a great, like, comedic side. Yeah. And he, like, puts, like, a good pause and, like, I don't know, makes a face and, like, just, it's just He's perfect. He's just such a good actor. Like, especially after having watched Wet Hot American Summer, like, watching him being so fucking weird in that movie and then watching him in, in OC and, like, how, like, badass he is in that. Like, he just got really good range as an actor. Yeah, I would agree. I think he just really commits and he has a lot of charisma. So -hmm. like the combination of like committing to what he's doing and then the charisma when he's allowed to show it like just really works. Yeah. Like I've said this plenty of times and I will say it forever, but how can you hate Elliot Stabler? I don't know. I really don't know. Like he just smiles and I'm like, I forgive you. (laughs) We really need to watch Oz because I really want to see him in that. Yeah. I know he plays like a bad guy, so I'll be interested. Pretty sure to see. he's a rapist. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how how he plays that. I also noted that uh, Beatty had like extra spiky hair in this episode. He did. It was very spiked up in the front. Yeah, like they like don't. I mean, maybe just because he's older and like older people probably wouldn't wear their hair like that anymore. But he, they don't really do that with his hair anymore in the later seasons. It's kind of like slicked down in the front. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really love it. <laughs> I mean, I also think like. At this point, like, the spiky hair was very yeah. fashionable. Early 2000s. Like, yeah, yeah. That was, like, the look. That's true. That's true. They talk briefly about, like, gambling leading to violence. And then Cragen says, like, oh, if this was drugs, I would understand. But, like... Okay, so Cragen asks Speedy if uh, a gambling addiction could be, like, the same as drugs and lead to that type of violence. And Beatty basically says, like, it's possible. I did find it interesting... Um, Jesse explaining like how he first became addicted to gambling about like charity casino nights. It's just interesting since uh, we were recently watching the OC and they do that like a million times on that. Mm, yeah. Like they do do it a lot. So I I honestly could see like if your mom was like, hey, here's some chips because that is real money. Like it is real money. Just all the money goes to a charity instead of the casino. Whenever they go to do the interrogation, mm-hmm. I really like that through shot where you see Cragen and BD looking in and mm-hmm. Olivia and Elliot are interrogating him. Yeah, and that's just like cool. the shadow the and stuff. Like, it's just beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I One thing I did really like about this episode in general was Cragen and his involvement. And like, it's knowing now that Olivia is, like, is a captain in season 22 and like watching these episodes now and just seeing like how involved Cragen is. And stuff like that is interesting because 
in season 22, obviously the show focuses quite a bit on Olivia since mm-hmm. she's like the main person. Yeah. But it's like Cragen's in this episode a good bit. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely involved, but he is more in the squad. Right. And like Olivia is to an extent, but she still goes out for sure quite a bit. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. I like how they ask him like, oh, OK, well, you owe all this money. Do you think any of these bookies could be responsible for this violence? And he goes, it's a first name business. How would they know who, I'm, who my parents are? Buddy, you don't think they know who you are? Yeah, I don't know. Have you never watched a mob movie? Like, (laughs) that's all that happens is that you owe somebody money and they beat the shit out of your family. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I don't know. You're stupid. I mean, he's only 18, so obviously he is stupid. He's in for a hundred grand. Yeah, that's crazy. He says he'll probably have his legs broken. Uh, Neither his dad nor his stepdad believed him. They thought it was drugs. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, of course, instantly an attorney hired by his mother shows up and the interview's over. I really like the scene with the mom, Jesse's mom, Craig and Benson and Stabler in Craigan's office where she's like, do you know how much money I donate to the Police Athletic Association? And Stabler's like, listen, if this was a traffic stop, we'd probably look the other way because of that. But this is rape and homicide. Like, your donation doesn't make a rape and homicide charge go away. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. It's also at this point that they say Martin, the window washer's DNA is cleared. Mm-hmm. So they're really like not sure where to go. Okay, so then we find out that Jesse's mom told Peyton that he was still screwing around mm-hmm. with a bunch of people. And we find out that, that that was with Paris. I think her name's Laura, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paris. <laughs> and she says it was a fling that ended months ago. But apparently this doctor was just fucking everybody up in here. Then we go to... Benson and Stabler basically go to, like, check that story with uh, Laura, a.k.a. Paris, because they, it seems like they were still having an affair, and she said it was over months ago, so they go to her apartment and, of course, find a bloody handprint on her front door. The door's open. She's tied up. She's beaten. Evidently raped. couple things I want to say. Mm-hmm. In the scene where they're talking with the other woman at the hospital that um, he had an affair with. Mm-hmm. There's, like, the married woman, and she's, like, looking at x-rays. Yeah. I really like Stabler's jacket in that scene. <laughs> okay. And then the... I don't recall what it looked like. It's like a bomber jacket, but mm-hmm. I just liked it. I mean, it worked for him. It's just interesting. He doesn't typically wear that kind of jacket. I liked it. I love whenever they put him in stuff that he doesn't normally wear. Because I notice it every time. Yeah. I'm like, like, if he's not in a shirt and tie... You're like, oh. <laughs> I think he still had a shirt and tie on, but he had a jacket over top. No, but I mean, if he's not just wearing like a shirt yeah, and yeah. tie and pants, like that's his normal outfit. Uh, also, when they're talking with her, they say like, well, maybe your husband murdered him. And she's mm-hmm. like, if he cared enough to murder, I wouldn't have cheated on him. And it's I, a very dark line. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was a good just like explanation. Would you murder for me? Yeah. Okay. Looks like I'll be cheating then. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just a weird line. Like, if that's the standard you're holding your husband to, you're going to be unhappy. Like, I wouldn't want you to murder anybody. Thank you. I don't plan to. That's great. They also say that Peyton cared way too much and, like, basically babied him after the surgery. Which I kind of felt bad for her in that regard. Like, she's trying to help him and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of shitty. I also like to... I mean, I like and don't like because I don't fully understand it. But what? talking about how after surgery he was so different and, like... Laura says he was funny and he acted like a teenager and yeah uh, I don't... she's like well you're making him sound dirty but he just like went a little crazy after the surgery maybe just because he was like thought he was gonna die like I feel like maybe it was just that and not like a medical change yeah I I don't know I just 
Very weird. That's my only guess, because I, I don't see why a heart surgery would alter your personality like that. No. Unless you were, like, deprived of oxygen for several minutes or something, and that's, like, a brain problem. Fair. And then, before we get to the bloody door, mm-hmm. the stepson, Jesse, his DNA also clears him, so... Gotcha. We're not sure what's going on. Did we find out about the cat yet? No. Okay. So... In the hospital, Paris says that the guy who attacked her, she also did not see his face. She doesn't know who did it. Then we find out that Peyton knew about the affair and three days before the initial attack on Max threatened to ruin both of their lives if they didn't stop seeing each other. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, like this is all coming back to Peyton at this point, seemingly. They also are sitting in the room and everyone's discussing different stuff of the case. Mm Mm-hmm. I think this is when the tabby first pops up. Right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. They're, the, like, they're looking for a guy with a cat. They reveal they don't have enough for a warrant. Cragen tells them to go fishing. And that Munch and Finn are at the bank. And I just like the Munch and Finn scene. Like, yeah. They go out and it's raining. And Munch says you can never be too rich or too thin. Mm-hmm. And they talk about taking out money and cash. And like, well, hopefully that's enough for a warrant. And right. It yeah. is. I was just going to say I liked the scene with Craig and talking about the warrant because they were like, well, we still have access to the place. Like, we could just check it out, like, without getting a warrant since, like, technically we could. It's a crime scene still. Yeah, and he was like, the amount of money this lady has, she's could get that thrown out. Like, she can afford the best lawyer ever, so I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I like that, too. I yeah. mean, I like seeing, like, stuff with warrants and, like, what you can and can't. Like, even when yeah. they do have the warrant and olivia's looking at something and elliot's like that's not part of the warrant like stop looking at that yeah like we're only looking for jewelry right now right like i thought that was interesting and her being like oh man here's their like wedding photos you've been married for 17 years and she's like stop yeah she's like oh sorry (laughs) he's like no stop looking i found the jewelry and you know of course we had to get the dumb line of the episode did you write this down Whenever whenever they open the cigar box and the jewelry's in there no try smoking this (laughs) <laughs> who says that Stabler of course of course he does uh, it's like that's just his character at this point and that is his character like he just says weird stuff like that yeah and depending on the situation sometimes it really works like where are you going and sometimes it's like yeah. try smoking this and you're like oh, buddy <laughs> where are you going oh I love that I like the scene where they bring in Peyton and they have uh, Laura or Paris sitting with Munch mm-hmm. and just to like stir things up yeah and she like like glares at her a little bit and then is like did I do okay yeah and he's like you did great and then she's like didn't she seem crazy mm-hmm. so Cragen does the interview with Peyton which I find to be interesting yeah like Cragen on his own so, I mean, I know we say a lot, like, regarding season 22 that Olivia does way too much, but it is interesting t- to see Cragen, like, taking taking the reins on this interview, mm-hmm. flying solo. So, I mean, it's not like it's unheard of. Yeah. I mean, Cragen does do a lot, but... Yeah. Not nearly as much as Olivia now, obviously. Yeah. But, like, there has been times where, like, Cragen pretends to be someone, and that's, like, part of the case, or... You know, there's that ep- that whole episode where Cragen's on the case. Cragen's on the case. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, he's just not. I mean, yeah, I mean, like if you think about the most recent season twenty two episode of like the restaurant owner lady, it kind of is similar to the episode. I forget what it's called, but the one with the rave where Cragen goes to that hostage situation, and it's like an officer that he knew, mm, like his daughter's yeah. missing. Like, yeah, he's. He knows that guy and, like, takes the charge of the situation. So it's kind of similar in that regard. 
Yeah, a little bit, but it's not a whole episode. Like, that's the five minutes at the beginning. And... Yeah, but he visits that guy in prison. Like, he has many moments with that guy, just one-on-one. Yeah. Anyway, but... that was off the, off task. Off task. So Peyton says she hired a private investigator, and that's how she knew that Max was still seeing, that's how she knew that Max was still having this affair with Laura slash Paris. <laughs> So Munch and Finn go and visit this guy. I have one more thing to say about Craig and Dogmother. Okay. She says that she's being treated like a criminal. Yeah. And Craig just very like bluntly is like, <laughs> if you were anyone else, you'd be arrested on the spot for insurance fraud. Yeah. Which I just liked. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. Like, you said your jewelry was robbed and you still have the jewelry, so. I think he also says like, you know, if you didn't claim that your jewelry was taken, like, we wouldn't even be here. Right. Like. Like, why did you do that? Yeah, that's a good point. Why did she do that? Her husband moved it. That's what they said later. So so she genuinely thought it was robbed? I believe so, yeah. See, this is what's very confusing about this episode. Yeah. I mean, that's what they say at the end. Again, I feel like they don't fully connect all those threads. Yeah. Like, as much as I would like. But at the same time, like, I don't want an exposition dump at the no. end. So. No, I don't like that either. You're right. Okay, so then the private investigator reveals that he's been taking photos of Max, and in the background of the photos of Max and Laura... Is this guy from Laura's building. I forget his name. Vincent. Vincent. And so they go to visit Vincent, who lives right below Laura. Well, let's show her the photo first. Right. She's like, that's Vincent. Uh, That's my downstairs neighbor. And I don't know if you wrote about this, but did you notice Olivia seemed very confused about if it's the right apartment when they go? Yeah. yeah. She's like, right below? 4B, right? Right. Like, she kept asking questions. Like, girl, just knock on the door. It's like me trying to figure out the subway. (laughs) 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 See you. Yeah, I, I did. Nothing's as bad as you trying to figure out the subway. Hey! <laughs> okay, so they knock on Vincent's door, and of course we find Cleo, the tabby cat, star of the show. I have a note about that, but I like Stabler going, cute cat, can we ask you a few questions? And he just yeah. goes, no, and shuts the door. <laughs> yeah. And then they have this, they're back in the squad Best room, part of the episode. And they have this board of four <laughs> photos, and they're just trying to connect everyone on the board. And I love Cabot's introduction to the episode. She's goes, that's a lot of arrows. I like how we didn't get to see the full Cragen drawing. Like, yeah. He goes, so they've got all these arrows, all these pictures on the board. And Cragen goes, you know who's in the middle of everybody? Cleo. And draws like a stick figure cat in the middle of the board. So. Yeah. This is my note. This is a goof I found on IMDb. Yes. But Vincent calls his tabby cat Chloe. Chloe. Okay, that's what I thought. And then when they go to the next scene, Cragen calls her Cleo. And when I was writing my notes, I wrote Chloe. So did I. And then Cragen says Cleo, and I was like, oh, I must have just heard it wrong. Same. Like, That's, That's literally, I went back and changed it to Cleo, because I was so like, I, I must have just heard it wrong. All right. Well, yeah, we both got that. So they did call her Chloe. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so funny. That's so funny. I feel like it's one of those things where, like, Cleo and Chloe can probably be spelled very similar. Yeah, they are. And They're basically, someone, like, one letter different. Someone probably just read it wrong. Yeah. And they just, like, didn't catch it. Yeah, probably. That's really funny. But yes, I also love Cabot coming in and go, a lot of arrows you got up there. <laughs> like, I, I I might have to give her MVP for that line yeah, delivery. Yeah, really, it was great. Because <laughs> it's like, there's five or four grown adults looking at this board with four pictures and a bunch of arrows. Like, it's just, 
This is the stuff that I want to see Olivia doing. I want to see Olivia with a whiteboard drawing a picture of a cat on the whiteboard. They have like smart screens now, though. Yeah. And, like... I know. They do so many like high tech things now, and it's not as exciting. So they go to Vincent's apartment to collect the cat to do DNA testing on the cat to see if they can prove that it's Cleo's specific hair. Yes. I love this scene because Finn goes in and he's like, I don't see any cat. And Munch yeah. is like, well, they're freaky little creatures. <laughs> they hide. And then Finn goes, here, pussy, pussy, pussy. <laughs> and Munch like makes a face. He's like, what? This isn't my area of expertise. <laughs> And that's when I put great dumb lines in this episode. Truly, there are some really good ones. So then Paris, Paris, whatever, Laura slash Paris reveals that she's been beaten up again, presumably by Vincent. Vincent says she'll take her to a women's shelter to, like, get away from the apartment. We have our tabby cat in the room with us, and I feel like she knew this <laughs> episode had a you tabby. And so she had to sit with us. Make sure we represented tabbies well. There she is. <laughs> Thanks for chiming in, baby. <laughs> oh, your stack of t-shirts behind. It looks Yeah, really good. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Benson takes Paris to the women's shelter. And then what's they, next? They revealed that it is Cleo, Chloe. Right, okay. The cat that so they suspected. So it's definitely Vincent because that's pretty much a dead match. Mm-hmm. So they go to get Vincent and on the way they hear a gunshot. In his apartment. Yeah. And Paris is standing over him, pointing the gun at him, and says, I shot him. <laughs> and then, does Stabler say, I see that? Yeah, like, like, it was very funny. I see that. And then, they're very nice to her. I think he calls her sweetie or something, or sweetheart. Well, she says, I had to, he wouldn't stop, and they go over more about Vincent. And yeah. She moved in alone, but he helped, and she didn't want to date him, but then uh, it happened. And then she said she was strong enough to say no to him finally because of Max. And they were going to get a place together. But she didn't want to call the police and say it was him because right. he would kill her. Did you happen to notice how badly her nose was running during this scene? Mm-mm. She had like a big stream of snot running from her nose into her mouth during this scene. Good. It was really disgusting. So Maybe she's allergic to cats. It was gross. Cragen says... In this instance, it's not clear-cut self-defense because she went to Vincent's apartment with a gun yeah. to kill him, or presumably, even though she says that they, like, she went there and like he had a gun and there was a struggle, blah, blah, blah. Cabot says that. Gotcha. I believe. BD says that's like clear-cut, like battered woman situation. Battered woman syndrome. Yeah. I also, like Craigan says, it's a he says, she says he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Just some good great lines. dumb lines in this episode. That's what episode. you get with Lisa and Dawn. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's what it is. And it's great. Yeah. No, I love it. Like, they're dumb. But, like, every time they're set, I'm just like, yeah, good. Yeah. Like, I'm enjoying this episode. DNA comes back. Vincent is a match to the rape kit they on s- Peyton. They say that they want a clear case against Vincent as if he wasn't dead. Right. And, uh... This is what I don't like about this episode is that... So, like, here's my notes. The last three lines are... The big reveal at the end and like everything else is like, I don't want to say mood because it's not mood, but like. I, I have a little bit more, so I'm going to. Still not that much. <laughs> yeah. So then they go, in order to build that case against Vincent, Bunch and Finn go back through his apartment. They say and... they're looking for the bow. Right. <laughs> That's funny. And then they find. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> they find porn VHS with a like, homemade VHS tape in the case and, like, find that to be curious. So they take it back to the squad room to check it out and see what it is. 
and it is this video of well, what? I got the setup. So Paris comes in and knocks on Cabot's door and she's like, yeah, you said I have something to sign. She's like, yeah, I just want you to review your statement, make sure it's accurate, sign it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, cool. Is that it? She's like, actually, one more thing. Mm -hmm. And then she hits play on the tape. And it's basically Laura Paris saying, (laughs) we're not saying anything bad about Tabby's. Relax. You're not? No. Okay. It's basically her hiring Vincent to do this. Right. And Cabot goes, he loved you, but he didn't trust you. Mm-hmm. This is just a lot to digest at the end. So then Paris, of course, has this lengthy explanation where she says that everything she said was true, but Max orchestrated the hit. Peyton was supposed to be the victim. Max wasn't supposed to die. And that's why they took the money was that they like were hiring Vincent to kill Peyton. So she's out of the picture and then her and Max could be together. Yeah. Which and my, this is also when she says that uh, Max hid the jewelry. Right. And but Cabot what, also says, like, you couldn't go to the police because you hired him. Right. So my thing is, I feel like this kind of renders the whole battered woman thing. Like, was that even true? Was any of that even true? They don't really s- explain fully. And, like, it's going to be kind of hard to By the prove. way she's speaking to him in that video, it doesn't seem like he's hitting her. Because if he was the type of guy that would hit her, he wouldn't let her speak to him like that. Yeah, I agree. Like he, she's basically like, come on, don't be a baby. Like, right. Do some murder and rape for me. If he's the one that's beating her, he would be fucking hitting you after you say something like that to him. Like, yeah. No, I agree. I, it's. So that does not add up. Like if she's sticking to that story, that video is pretty damning. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you can't claim that this guy was. And that is you one thing. That's you. like the one reason I like the court cases. I know the court cases don't like yeah. finalize what is fact. Like, right. Plenty of innocent people get put away. And right. Vice versa, but it discusses it more. Yeah, and I like to see like what the jury finds and like what ends up with this person. Right. Same. Yeah. I mean, I would have liked to see a court case with this. Like they could have cut out the stuff about the um, penis cream. Yeah. The, the penis gambling. Cream. All of the penis cream could have gone away. <laughs> like we don't need that. Yeah. The gambling. I mean, that though was kind of interesting because like at least that person had motive. Yeah. But not that the penis cream guy didn't have motive, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. The episode ends at them back with Peyton, and they mm-hmm. she says, like, well, why would he set up his own death? And they're like, he wasn't supposed to die. You were. Yeah, that was a pretty cool line. I liked that. Did he accidentally kill him because he was hitting him so hard? And then just was like, fuck, I gotta get out of here. But not before he grabbed cake. <laughs> like, I just don't understand, like, why did he kill that guy and not her? Like, if you already killed one person, My just kill the other two. is that they, Paris and Vincent were in a relationship. Like, she was sleeping with both him and Max. Mm-hmm. But she viewed Max as, like, her actual relationship. And she wanted him to do that, like, kill Peyton so she could be with Max. But he actually wanted to be with her because she said he came back and was like, now we can be together. I mean, again, she's an unreliable. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That was just like break up with people like murders. Really never a good option. No, no. (laughs) Like maybe just move out of the building. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe just, you know, I know New York real estate is tough, but (laughs) come on. You can find somewhere to live. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe they could have just been a thruple. Anything's better than that. Max, Vincent and her. Just that cake alone is a heinous crime. Come on. <laughs> I don't have too much more to say. No, me But either. Kevin Carolyn has played three different roles. In this episode, he was Officer Farlow. He's in the episode Zebras as Ooh. Paul. And then he's in an episode in 2017 called Real Fake News as Ronald Fleming. 
Interesting. Okay. Do you want to do rating or MVP first? Either way, you're going first. All right. I'm going to do rating. I'm giving it a 7.5 out of 10, Dun Duns. All right. It's pretty good. It has some good twists, great character elements, great dumb lines that we like to see, some fun facts that I thought were interesting, uh, like the like deprivation thing and some other things like that. But overall, like, I didn't really care for the, like, last-minute Hail Mary twist at the end. They spent a lot of time kind of spinning their wheels on stuff that didn't matter. Some stuff just, like, wasn't adding up. Like, the heart surgery change in personality was odd. Yeah. So, yeah, for those reasons, 7.5 out of 10 for me. All right. I'm also going to give it 7.5, pretty much the same reasons. Mm-hmm. I-, I just love Lisa and Dawn. Yeah. I mean, they're probably my favorite writing duo mm-hmm. in the early seasons so i'm always gonna have a soft spot for them i think my and you know me i don't really pay a lot of attention to who writes the episodes and stuff like that yeah but one writer that i do really like is amanda green i really like when she writes the episodes i feel like they're very like fully fleshed out whereas sometimes other writers like just throw stuff out there i mean she worked for the police so that makes sense that's why i like it yeah yeah she was there uh I know you know this, but I'm just saying okay. for the listeners that don't. Gotcha. No, she was like their... Uh, consultant. Yeah, consultant at the beginning. And then Neil Bear was like, okay, write an episode. And she was like, I don't know if I know how. And he's like, you're you ready. You could do it. <laughs> MVP? My MVP's Cragen. All right. Love the cat picture. Love the doing <laughs> the solo interviews. Uh, he had some good lines. Yeah, I just really liked him in this episode. Like him like drawing all those arrows and like telling people what to do and... Being like, go fishing, get your... He says, like, get your poles ready or something. Like, Mm -hmm. he really commits to that fishing analogy. So, (laughs) he's my MVP. I'm going to give it a Cabot. For really, the arrows line. (laughs) The arrows line and the... He loved you, but he didn't trust you. Like, just the delivery of those two lines. She just... She's a badass bitch. I love Cabot, and she just, like... The way she delivers lines is just, like... Mm-hmm. I can eat it up. Yeah. So I, Agreed. I have to give it to her. And just like, I don't know, Elliot and Olivia are fine. Munch and Finn are fine, but they're all kind of just like equal. Yeah. And like, I don't know, Cabot's the one that I'm like, yeah. She really brings the sass in this episode. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I love the ADAs. They're my favorite group of characters. Like yeah. the court scenes, all that stuff. Great. Def- definitely fair. I did skip this, but I wanted to talk about the IMDb rating after mm-hmm. we did yeah, our ratings. Yeah, I was going to ask you what, what it was. Yeah, it's 8.8 out of 10, so. Too high. bit higher than ours. Sometimes they the IMDb ratings are just wildly off. Like, yeah. they give this an 8.8, and then there's one up. I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head, but there's an episode that I really like that's rated like a 5.4 on IMDb, and I'm like. Oh, wow. What? Yeah, I don't know. So anyway. Uh, you can follow the show at Vicious Felonies on Twitter and Instagram. Shoot us a tweet at us and, you know, we love talking with people about SVU. You can email us at viciousfelonies.podcast at gmail.com. You know, tell us what you like, what you don't like. You can also rate us on Apple Podcasts. And if you do that, we'll send you some free SVU stickers. Can I say something? Sure. Uh, I really want to know what people thought of this most recent season 22 episode. Because it was like kind of a bottleneck episode almost. Mm-hmm. and uh we talked about it obviously about like not loving it because it broke so much from the svu format so if you have any strong thoughts either way on i think it's called like the year we all fell down or something like that yeah sounds right something uh, along those lines at least not a bad title in terms of the season 22 titles no but let us know because i have very mixed feelings about it i personally didn't like it i didn't really like it either but like all the 
people involved with the production of SVU are just like riding the hype train so hard. Like Mariska is posting about it so often. I mean, I think it is because they did try something different and like yeah. did do a lot different. To, and like, true, you know, it's not like the worst episode. I just it just really focuses on this woman who is a random character that we're never going to see again. Yeah, there's just a lot I didn't care for. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mossy underscore Castle. You can follow me on Twitter at Chrissy Marie H and on Instagram at Chrissy Holzer. I don't really have any plugs. Um, oh, hell no. What, did we talk about Kim's Convenience? No, I guess we haven't. We've been loving Kim's Convenience on we Netflix. just streamed all of it, actually. Yeah. We're just waiting for the new season to drop on there, so. Check it out. It's pretty good. All right, well, this episode is done. 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 done.